Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast with Aaron Holt, Functional Nutritionist. I work with clients on the seacoast of New Hampshire and virtually all over the world through both private consultations and online nutrition programs. I'm here with my co-host, Kyle Mayorana, registered dietitian of Root Down Nutrition based in Asheville, North Carolina. We are both board-certified integrative and functional nutritionists. This means we dive deep with people to get to the root cause of their health issues. In this podcast, we will address all things health, food, and nutrition, discussing our research, clinical experience, and life experience. Please keep in mind our disclaimer, this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or medical treatment. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. All right, guys, it's Erin here and I'm back with your favorite herbalist, Amy McKelvey from Her Vital Way. Now we've had Amy on the show already twice twice before. So be sure to go back and listen to episode 25. Uh, She talked about healing with herbs and also episode 36, we discussed natural cold and flu prevention. And you can grab Amy's background and learn all about her on those shows. Um, So today we're going to get into some fun topics and questions specifically around women's health and really being proactive with herbs and supplements. And that's really where Amy excels. Uh, Before we dive in, I just want to remind you guys that in January, I'm going to be opening up some spots in my Functional Nutrition Private membership. So if you've been thinking that 2019 is the year that you want to take charge of your health and start feeling better, then be sure to head over to my website, erinholthealth.com, and you guys can get on my waiting list and we'll schedule a free 30-minute inquiry call to chat with each other about um, what's happening and how I might be able to help. So Amy, thanks for coming back on the show. They're always listener favorites when you're here. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. um, Now, if you guys listening have heard Amy and myself on the show before, you know that we love to chat about women's wellness and Mm -hmm. we can really get into it. Today, (laughs) we're going to do our best to keep it strictly business so we can finally get through all of the questions that we've been trying to get through for months. So here's here's hoping that we could do it. I'm going to keep my eyes on the clock Um, and we're going to get right into it, Amy. So... I want to start off with a question because I get this one often from women. So I know people listening have the same question. Should I be taking calcium to strengthen Mm. my bones? Mm. Um, I think the whole strong bones and osteoporosis prevention has really been sufficiently beaten over our heads. And I I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but what we often don't talk about, what's not part of the conversation is how Hormonal balance, thyroid dysfunction, adrenal fatigue, chronic dieting, under eating, all of those things fit into the whole osteoporosis, low mm-hmm. bone density picture. So of course, it's never going to be as simple as popping a calcium pill no. and eating. Nothing is. Yeah. N- never is, right? Mm-mm. Even just like eating your yogurt, you know, probably isn't cutting it. We need to talk no. more about what's really going on. I mean, yeah. Calcium is, of course, necessary for bone health, but so are calcium cofactors, so certain nutrients, right, that calcium needs in order to do its job. We've talked about vitamin D on the show a few times, and every Mm. time I have that conversation, I always talk about vitamin K2. Mm. 
So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about how those vitamins interplay with calcium. Why do we need trace minerals? Why Mm. do we need cofactors when it comes to calcium and bone health? Great question and a really important one. And like you said um, so eloquently, I'm going to keep it concise because it's important to get through everything. But, you know, basically I think one of the things that's important for women to always remember with their health is that we are complex beings and the the body works in ways that, that we, we still don't understand. So anytime someone offers you a simple solution, yeah, you should um, be a little suspicious. Um, that being said, osteoporosis is a problem and it impacts women at a far greater rate than men. We've all heard the statistics, you know, we're 80% of the uh, 10 million cases roughly in the United States alone um, are, uh, are, are, are with women, right? So we're losing um, bone mass at a faster rate and um, it's a concern. And I think one of the things that um, that I am most passionate about is that this is largely a preventable disease. It's preventable. And so why it's not talked about at an earlier age is beyond me. Well, I, I, I know that and you know why. It's because we're in this um, symptom uh, medical model, right? And we wait until things are in a state of crisis before we address them. And that has to change and particularly with our, our bone health. Um, But calcium is an element that is essential to so many bodily functions. And and yes, it needs cofactors to get to where it needs to go. Um, So in terms of talking about why calcium is so important for women specifically, I think a lot of us get hung up on a, at a young age thinking about, you know, like milk first, good strong bones, and boy, that has really been pushed in our culture. And calcium is for bones, 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 but calcium is also important for the nervous system. Um, it's important for hormones, like you mentioned, and enzyme function, um, and even simple things like reducing PMS symptoms. So it's, it is so essential to the body. And what happens is a lot of us are are getting calcium in our diet, but maybe we're getting an acidic form of calcium. Um, And acidity and alkalinity is very important when talking about the body and talking about balance and certainly talking about bone health. Um, And so I'm a big fan of non-acidic forms of calcium, plant calciums, and then also just living a lifestyle that doesn't promote acidity. Um, I talk to a lot of women who say, gosh, I get a lot of calcium. There's no need to take a calcium supplement. And then I talk to them and I say, well, how's your stress level? Mm. How much calcium, you know, how much caffeine do you drink? Mm. How much sugar do you eat? How much salt do you eat? Um, There are so many different things going on every day that are, and then what age are you? They're leaching calcium from from our body and from our bones particularly. Um, So... Yes, I do think a calcium supplement is important. I believe that it becomes very important after the age of 35. And that is because around the age of 35, and this is a generalization, of course, but it's a, um, it's a pretty accurate one, um, our bodies tend to lose more bone mass than they can replace. Um, 
And the amazing thing about bone health, it always I geek out on and gets me so excited and I talk to my girls about it all the time and they just roll their eyes. But I'm always telling them every day is another day to strengthen your bones because our bones are constantly growing and changing. They're breaking down and rebuilding in a very, very cool process called remodeling that I highly recommend people go and just read about because it's beautiful. Um, and so every day we have an opportunity to nurture and nourish that process. And why that's important is because new bone growth is stronger and more flexible than old bone. And so we always want to support that process at every age. And for women, there's a lot of things that happen throughout our life that make our um, our bone health change and, um, and slow that bone growth down, um, hormones being a factor, of course. Um, but stress is one that I focus on a lot because particularly nowadays, I feel like women are under a lot more stress and we need to understand the many different ways that stress impacts our health and the long-term consequences that are associated with chronic stress. And one of them being a very important one, osteoporosis and the health of our bones. Um, I have it in my family. I'm sure there isn't a woman listening who can't think of um, a, a member of their family, a great aunt or a mother or um, a grandmother who starts to get that that hunched slouch, you know, um, look uh, to their posture and um, and then how many of us have uh, relatives with that have fallen and broken a hip. Um, it really impacts your life and to think about it when you're 60 is not fair to the body. Um, so I really believe in plant uh, a plant form of calcium, keeping the body more alkaline, um, doing things to reduce stress, um, you know, weight-bearing exercises, all of these things are good for your bones. And then taking a calcium supplement, but all calcium supplements are not created equal. Um, I'm very, very proud of our calcium um, complex because it is very bioavailable. The clinical studies have been done on women specifically. Uh, the calcium source is a sustainably harvested red algae calcium. So it's a whole food calcium. It's high in, uh, mag in uh, magnesium and calcium. And then it's also uh, rich with trace minerals. And all of these trace minerals, you know, when they do proper human clinicals, um, uh, are essential for working with calcium. They work together. They're cofactors. They increase the the bioavailability and the absorption um, and the utilization of calcium in the body. So um, the Aquamin, which is the name of our calcium, is a fantastic calcium source. Um, and then we combine that with K2 uh, and D3, which, as you talked about earlier, are cofactors that are essential for getting the calcium where it needs to so it doesn't just hang out in the bloodstream and the body can actually utilize it um, in an efficient manner. Um, so you're listening closely as you always do so well, which is one of the things I love about you, Erin. What, what else would you like me to touch on with calcium? No, I think that's super awesome, super important, all the things you touched upon. Um, I think it's important to note what you're saying in terms of calcium utilization and calcium placement because we never want to deposit no. calcium in the soft tissue, right? We no. always want it to go to the bones or to the teeth, and that's what those cofactors help that's to do, do is to shuttle calcium where it belongs, right? Absolutely. 
So it's not just as simple as popping your calcium pill, no. but when you do supplement with calcium, you want to make sure it has those cofactors so calcium is doing its appropriate job. It's you being utilized appropriately, exactly like you said. Absolutely. So you had touched upon chronic stress. Yeah. Shock. Shocker. <laughs> you know, shock of all shocks. Um, we're going to air this episode sometime around the holidays-ish, which is Ooh. a notoriously stressful time of year. But the funny thing about that is the last time we had you on the show, it was the start of the school year, which is another busy oh. time of year. <laughs> oh, yes. And then the first time we had you on the show, we also <laughs> talked about stress. So maybe... Why, why am I always talking about stress with you? <laughs> suffice it to say, stress and anxiety is perhaps omnipresent <laughs> for many of us. I don't, I don't know. Oh, it is. Now, you've brought up L-theanine before, mm -hmm. and I've actually had some clients see some really good results with this. You know how, yeah. like, supplements, you're like, I don't, I'm taking don't it. Know. I'm not really sure if it's right. working. <laughs> with my clients, with my gals, it's, it's, whenever somebody starts with L-theanine, they're like, yup, it's doing something. Um, yes. Just in reducing anxiety, calming their minds down. Mm. Let's talk a little bit more about that because I think people are looking for something like this. And mm. how can L-theanine be part of our toolbox for stress and anxiety? Like we say, it's not as simple as popping a pill. Yeah. But I think the support, you know, having something that can support us during an exceptionally stressful, anxious time, mm -hmm. it can be awesome. It can be awesome. And what better way than to use something that is natural and that works with the body um, and um, works quickly? I think one of the things that's challenging um, when we talk about stress is that, first of all, there's this negative connotation to stress, that if you admit that you're under stress, that somehow you're less than perfect, this word that we love in our society. <laughs> um, everybody's under stress every day. Stress is a huge part of life, and it has a lot of positive um, um, components to stress. I mean, it's our very survival depends on the body's ability to respond to stress very efficiently. But I mean, I think all of us can be honest about that right now in society, there are so there are so many things at play that are just making the stress levels soar. Um, the way that we're living, the pace that we're living. And I don't need to go into that because we all know it deep in the fiber of our being. It's a problem. Um, and where L-theanine is, is so beautiful and why I use it um, with so many um, clients and then also why I send a free sample out with almost every order and, and give it to all kinds of clinics and practitioners for free is because L-theanine is one of these supplements that works um, I would say pretty much with everyone the same way, which is not always the case with herbs and supplements. Um, so when you take L-theanine, uh, there's a 99% chance that it is going to uh, help you to relax without drowsiness, which I think is very important for all of us busy people. It's going to help you um, focus your mind. And mental clarity is something that's very challenging when you are multi tasking and you're running around doing far too many things, which I think we can all raise our hands and say that we're guilty um, of that. It's just the nature of, of modern life. And each day we're all trying to counter that with being grounded and focusing on one thing at a time. But that's not always the, always the case, and especially when you have kids. Oh, my goodness. Um, so this ability that it has to promote mental clarity and focus, I think, is one of the things that people really love about it. 
At the same time, it's promoting learning and memory because if you think about, I always love using children as an example. I remember very early on when I became a mom and I'd read this wonderful quote about you you must not, or you, you know, must is a strong word, but you know, try as hard as you can to not distract your children when they're focused on something. Don't ask them, are you hungry? Do you want something to drink? You know, something that moms do a lot because we're nurturers and we want to um, please our kids. But when they're focused on something, let them stay focused. Well, when you think about a lifetime of adults constantly being distracted, your phone dings, there's news alerts, there's people coming in your office, the phone, you know, uh, a phone call from a family member, we're constantly getting distracted. Um, and very few of us have the luxury of just focusing on one thing for a long period of time, which the mind loves to do and the nervous system loves to do. So the fact that we can calm down and focus more, of course, is going to promote learning and memory, which L-theanine has been clinically proven to do um, on human studies. And um, all of that is reducing nervous tension. And I talk to a lot of women who say, you know, I do yoga, I eat really well, I go for walks, I don't feel like I'm, I'm stressed. And and then when you start to talk to them about the uh, What woman yeah. are you talking to? <laughs> well, it's interesting because um, I agree with you, and that's always my response inside, although I try to be a little bit more um, – you know, I'm biased and say, really? So you're not you're not underneath? No, I think I do a really good job of managing it. And then I start to talk to them about their schedule and what they're doing each day. And when was the last time you just sat down with a cup of tea and watched a hummingbird outside your window? And getting people to understand that even though you may not feel stress, um, which like you said, I don't think is the, the average um, woman, um, your body's feeling it. Because yes. you're not giving, and that's the that's the thing I'm trying to get across to people all the time. What is your body feeling? Not your mind, right, or your opinion of how you're doing. What is your body feeling? When was the last time you sat down and just engaged in some deep breathing? When did you just pause? You know, and even two minutes makes a difference with the body. So, no, that's and, yeah, that's ahead. a really important point and it's something that I I've, I often lecture about when I'm traveling around teaching workshops is that stress is an objective measurable set of physiological reactions within the body so yes. we can our bodies can experience physiological stress even if our even if we're not aware of it and I think Absolutely. it's sometimes that stress that's almost the most dangerous because it's insidious right we're I not aware of it and it's too. like I call it the modern American woman syndrome where we just feel like we should be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. And so we we just become so accustomed to being under stress that we're like, yeah, I guess this is just normal. Mm-hmm. And so we've like disengaged from our, uh, our ability to, to perceive whether or not we're in stress or even, you know, worse than that sometimes is we can become addicted to our own stress hormones and, and so off of it, right? thri- and so thrive when we don't feel it we're like uh oh something's yeah, wrong here something's wrong yeah and that could not be further from the truth and um so l-theanine it's an amino acid from green tea for people that haven't listened to previous um um you know uh podcasts with me um and it has this a unique ability. It crosses the blood-brain barrier, and it creates alpha waves uh, in the brain. And alpha waves are like if you're in a state of deep relaxation or you meditate frequently or if you're someone like me who I relax and meditate and garden at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, when you're engaged in an activity where you're focused and your breathing is steady, um, that's when you're um, producing the most alpha waves. And alpha waves are very healing to the brain. They're very calming um, to the nervous system. 
So the other thing that L-theanine does is that it helps um, to create, um, uh, or at least it's involved in the formation of GABA, which also influences um, uh, our, our relaxation and our nervous system through two different neurotransmitters that a lot of people are more familiar with than GABA, and that's dopamine and serotonin. And so it has this relaxing effect, but without drowsiness. And I get questions from uh, women a lot on, I want to relax, but I don't want to, I can't feel drowsy, right? And I, I'm working, I'm taking care of kids, and I have a lot to do. Um, and so L-theanine becomes this wonderful very safe, gentle. I always tell women, think of it as having four cups of green tea, but not no caffeine and you don't have to go to the bathroom a lot. Um, each capsule is 200 milligrams. We have an extra strength, clinically validated form of L-theanine um, that I'm very proud to offer. And it's incredibly safe. I mean, L-theanine is used in Europe. It's, in, it's used across Asia. It's one of the number one remedies with children to give you an idea of how safe it is for attention deficit disorder, um, for hyperactivity. Um, it's, it's just a wonderful, like you said, tool in your toolbox of these are the different things that I turn to when I need some coping um, um, uh, tools and when I need to focus and when I need um, to calm my mind and not be so agitated. Um, and agitation doesn't have to not feel good. Agitation can just be that you've got a lot on your mind and you've got a lot to do. I mean, I've gone through periods in my life where I took L-theanine every day for a full year. Um, I have been taking L-theanine for probably 10 years. I now take it, you know, maybe every other day or as needed if I'm giving a big presentation. I have a busy mind and I have a lot going on. I'm a mom. I'm thinking about multiple things at any given time. And when I really want to focus, I'll take it. And it's great because it works within 15 minutes. And okay. You... That was going to be my question in terms of dosing because I'd like yeah. to get kind of specific with that. Sure. So do you take it – would you take it in the morning when you want to focus? Do you take it yeah. in the evening when you want to relax? I think – and this is after 10 years of use and working with hundreds of women – I think the morning is the optimal time, and here's why. I've said this before on your show, I think, that we carry our day into the night. And so if you can take l in the morning and during the day be coming from a place of focus and clarity um, and relaxation, then you're going to sleep better in the evening. So you get the full benefit of l when you take it in the morning. Um, that oh. said, I have a lot of people who like to take it um, at night. I have found that um, that just it's it's like you're just not getting the full benefit. And for me, because I have such a busy mind, if I take it at night, it actually slightly energizes me because all of my thoughts at nighttime then become super focused, and then I want to be productive. <laughs> so for me specifically, and I always use myself as a gauge. Um, the morning has always been the best. Or like if, if I'm doing something in the afternoon and I would like to take a second dose or my first dose of the day, I like to not take it after four or five o'clock. And we all respond so differently to so any type of supplementation. So I think Absolutely. it's, and this is why, I mean, at least I do, and I'm sure you're the same. It's If you're starting something new, just start with that one thing start to see how your body yeah. responds. And start slowly, right? I mean, I always tell people, take, if you've never taken healthy any before, take it in the morning, right? Then just kind of check in with yourself during the day and see like, do I feel different? How do I feel different? Don't take it the next day. So right? with, with, um... I love what you were saying about how it, it kind of um, 
uh, increases GABA because GABA, I think it's like, I think of the GABA as like the brakes, right? Dopamine yeah. can sometimes be the, the gas pedal a little bit yeah. and, and GABA can be the brakes. And a lot of us have trouble putting the brakes on. Mm-hmm. Um, with that though, if I'm having people supplement with GABA, GABA producers, um, I, that can be dose dependent. So people, depending on their deficiency there, they can get up pretty high with the mm-hmm. dose. So how high have you seen people go with the L-theanine or do you, do you feel it's not doesn't work the same way? No, that's a great question. So one of the things I love about L-theanine is because I – I have people taking it who are just feeling, you know, um, uh, like hamster brain. They have busy thoughts. I have people taking it who are bipolar, people who are on anti-anxiety medication. Um, uh, I have people taking it for all different reasons and different dosings. I always have people start with 200 milligrams. Um, I have some people who can who take it four times a day, so they're getting 800 milligrams. Uh, I mean, the safety studies on this ingredient are so high, you'd have to take like 10 grams for there to be a problem. So it's one of these wonderful ingredients. I don't recommend that, by the way. That's just to show you when they do safety studies and they really push it. This is an incredibly safe ingredient. Um, and it, it you can self-dose with it. And so this goes back to I'm always telling women – Listen to your own body. So get familiar with L-theanine. Take one. See how it makes you feel. Um, if you want to take a second one during the day, then gauge how that made you feel. Um, but it's what what's wonderful about L-theanine is that it it has no contraindications. That's very rare for um, for supplements. And so it, that's it's always just something I let women. Um, know that they can listen and they can kind of control the dosing. But I'm a big fan of smaller doses. And so start with 200 milligrams and just listen to what your body needs. Um, and if you need to, on some days, take it three times a day, that's absolutely fabulous. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't just every day decide this is the amount that I'm going to take. Okay. And is it is it safe to take, you had mentioned with anti-anxiety is it safe to take with anti-anxiety or antidepressants absolutely okay and it's something that i have used with a lot of women to actually slowly transition them off of their medication um of course working with their doctor um but what i where i love to get the word out about l-theanine is there are all these critical times in a woman's life where she might if she says to her doctor that she's feeling anxiety and she's feeling stress and she can't get a deep breath and her shoulders are tight and it's affecting her digestion and she feels like she wants to cry those are times when doctors prescribe and i what i'm saying to women is try some other things first some of these natural remedies that are out there that help you to help you and your body to cope with and adapt to stress in a healthier way Um, Oh, I love that. Um, All right. One last question about this and we'll move on. And Mm -hmm. this, you know, this isn't going to affect everybody, but I'm curious if you're familiar with, particularly when it comes to autoimmunity, TH1 versus TH2 dominance, because I know that green tea Mm -hmm. can be a TH2 pusher. So some folks will take green tea and just get raging headaches. That's usually an indication that they're TH2 dominant. And we're talking about um, regulatory cells here. Now, would that be a concern with L-theanine? It's not. Okay. It's not. And okay. what's beautiful about it is that L- so L-theanine is just the amino acid. And when you're looking at – this is why it's so important to look at the quality of the supplements you take. A lot of L-theanines that are out there um, are not just a pure L-theanine. They have D-theanine in them. In them. They have, um, you know, other um, – 
remnants or cofactors from the green tea that you don't want to take in high doses. This is a pure L-theanine product. It's 99% L-theanine. So it's not going to, um, you know, if you're concerned about any sort of green tea interaction, that's not the case. This is strictly L-theanine. Okay, so cool. Listen, I'm being I'm being very naughty right now because I am asking questions. I'm going so far off script. I know, and I got a big kick under the table that I think everybody heard online. <laughs> just no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> it's hard. All this stuff is so interesting, and one of the things I just love you so much, Erin, um, is what I love about you is because you are genuinely interested in all of this, and you're you're so in awe of the human body, and you have a deep respect for it, and so it's natural that questions come up. I mean, how can you not like start asking questions and get excited about these topics? It's this is like vehicle that we experience life through. We should know everything about it. Hey, I guess that just means we're in the right fields, right? Yeah, we are. <laughs> All right, let's switch gears because um, this is something I have to bring up. I've had so many clients lately with chronic UTIs. Mm. I don't, you know, I feel like God, the universe works in mysterious ways, and it just. Hand, you know, you get handed things at the the right moments in time. And this must be like my chronic UTI time or something. I don't know. Yeah. But um, so conventional treatment, as we all know, is to really mm-hmm. just throw anti- antibiotics at them. And we also know that it can be a very destructive cycle. It can disrupt the gut microbiota, which in turn can lead to more bladder and pelvis problems a big thing that i'm seeing so if i if i have uh, a woman coming to me with with pelvic issues or with bladder issues i'll often run an organic acids test on them and we'll see that they're they're high in oxalates right and so what so many people are doing to manage these symptoms is to go on a low oxalate diet which i have my own beliefs about we don't have time to get into that (laughs) but what i what i am able to see (laughs) what i'm you know can't stop blaming the the plants people (laughs) exactly (laughs) So, uh, but what I also see, and this is noteworthy on those tests, and this is one of the beauties of testing because labs don't lie, right, Mm -hmm. is that with high oxalates, we also often see high dysbiosis, high gut dysbiosis or high arabinose, which is a marker for yeast, right? So um, we know that these antibiotics aren't, you know, while they might, might help short term, what they're really doing long term is making these women more predisposed to oh, more yeah. problems in the future. They're making so, them dependent on the antibiotics. For sure. Yeah. So so if that's not the answer, what are alternative treatment or even prevention yeah. for urinary tract infections, whether those are chronic or, or otherwise? Mm-hmm. Um, great question. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's always a timely question because um, urinary tract infections are so common worldwide. I mean, I think the last statistic that I read for the U.S. is that there's over 8 million urinary tract infections. And those are the true, like, true infections, but a lot of people have symptoms. So that the number then is double that in terms of where someone's close to having um, uh, an infection, right? But maybe it doesn't quite materialize, but they have, they're starting to have symptoms. But 8 million, over 8 million um, lodged, you know, urinary tract infections. Um, and that's an incredibly high number. And then when you think about the, the antibiotics is what's being um, pushed on people, it's very concerning uh, to me because, of course, I'm passionate about women's health and women are largely, um, are, are the majority of cases with, with, with UTIs um, for anatomical, ana, you know, our bodies, just the, the short um, uh, urethra that we have, the proximity 
to um, where we urinate and um, our bowel movements, everything makes us more susceptible. And then, of course, sexual activity and stress and maybe not drinking enough water and even just having a um, – um, being predisposed even genetically, as silly as that can sound, um, I find that it runs through families of women too. Um, so it's something that needs to be addressed because it really impacts women's lives. It's, um, it's painful um, and it can set you off on a very dangerous path of long-term antibiotic use. And what's happening, and there's a lot of studies coming out about this, is that there are these superbugs that are... Um, um, antibiotic resistant and um, that to me is of particular concern because if you have a woman who's on antibiotics um, for the vast majority of her adult life for UTIs and then she gets some sort of um, truly dangerous bacteria and no antibiotic will work because of her long-term um, antibiotic dependency you're dealing with something that is life-threatening and as you touched on, it impacts um, the, um, the, the microbiome of the gut. It impacts hormones. It impacts so many different things. And so antibiotics, to me, are not the answer. And especially when you have so many natural remedies that go back to Native American Indians even knew about them. When you're talking about the cranberry, it has a history of usage um, that, of course, predates antibiotics um, for UTIs. And it works with the body. The important thing about cranberries is you hear all of these people say, well, there have been studies, and, you know, cranberry doesn't work, and it's not effective. And, ah, um, sure, cranberry juice is not effective. Sugar, as you know very well, Aaron, is a huge part of the problem. So why would you drink cranberry juice? Um, like ocean spray? <laughs> yeah, why are you going to down ocean spray? Um, it's just packed with sugar that's just going to feed the bacteria and make um, the urine so acidic and the whole body acidic. Um, so one of the products that we knew right away that we wanted to come out with uh, was a very concentrated cranberry extract from Oregon cranberries, which, yes, does matter because they're they're different they're they're allowed to stay on the plant longer and they are they're just rich very very rich in um, proanthocyanidins which is the um, the active constituent that actually um, keeps bacteria from adhering which I think is so cool when you hear about how plants work the anti-adhesion mechanism it's called it it prevents bacteria from adhering to the walls of the urinary tract so you're actually sort of disabling the the bacteria um, and, and allowing it to just pass out of the body rather than stick in, in the body and create problems rather than blasting all bacteria good and bad um, out of the body so it's a very very smart supplement um, and why I'm so proud of ours is that um, for years the only option for a 36 milligram which is what all the clinical studies have been done on um, pack cranberry product they're incredibly expensive it's like a hundred dollars hundred to 150 dollars a month for a woman who needs to take it every day which is in my mind criminal um, and so, because you have women, you have not only just your everyday woman who gets UTIs, but you have women who are um, paraplegic, women who have chronic conditions that they are just, they're constantly battling UTIs. Um, uh, you have Alzheimer patients and dementia um, patients who um, suffer from chronic UTIs. It runs the gamut from, from young women to very old women, and it impacts their life so severely. And so to say to them that the only option is a $100 product every month, to me, is it, it just baffles the mind. I don't know how people can sleep at night. Our product is um, 
it, it changes from $20 a month to, I think, at its highest, $23.99 a month. And it's a two-month supply, so you're looking at no more than $12 a month. Um, and it works with the body. I mean, it's cranberries are wonderful for um, your blood health, your heart health, your skin, um, packed full of antioxidants. And so it's a win-win in my mind. And we get women calling us and emailing us all the time. We get urologists recommending the product. Um, it's one that I'm so very proud to offer. And I think that all women should just have it because if you're feeling symptoms at all, you just take it and they never materialize because once again, um, the those packs, those paranthocyanidins are um, uh, keeping the bacteria from adhering to the urinary tract wall. And then you can go on with your life. Um, and uh, so do you take it, do you take it prophylactically or how, yeah. do you, what's the dosing and talk to us about like, do you take it as symptoms come on? Do you- Yeah. So a lot of people take it different ways. Um, anyone that has had a chronic um, UTI condition, I always tell them, you know what, I'd like you to take it two capsules, two times a day for the first week. Then I want you to switch to one capsule taken twice a day for a month and then get you to the ultimate goal, which is just one capsule a day, um, you know, proactively so that you're preventing it. Um, For people that only get them occasionally, you can take it when you start to feel symptoms. And in that case, you should take it twice a day, morning and evening, until the symptoms are gone. And it's really important. You want to keep that constant level of the proanthocyanidins in the um, the urinary uh, stream. So you want to take it at the same time every day, morning and night, every day until the symptoms are gone. It sounds um, like a good thing to just keep in your medicine cabinet. It's a, I give it, you know, I give it to so many women and they'll say, well, I don't get UTIs. And I'll say, you've never had one? And they'll say, well, I've had one before. And I said, well, then you're probably going to get one again. And when you do, you should have this instead of calling your doctor and getting on antibiotics. Because that's my, that's my whole passion and that's a thing that I could talk about forever is that I want women to have at home things on hand that um, work with the body to help you when you need them. Because in the moment when you have one, it's not the time to be searching Google for what you should do. It's not the time to be racing to your doctor. There are so many remedies we can have on hand so that conditions never even fully materialize. And I also feel like cranberry is not one of those overused things. Because listen, you were talking about antibiotic resistance. Now we're moving into territory. I just went to a a seminar recently and the doctor who I think his practice is 15 years old he's seen a lot of a lot of patients and he's seeing he's a naturopath he's seeing resistance to herbal antibiotics now yeah. herbal antimicrobials like botanicals like the berberines his patients are not responding to anymore so we're yeah. running into like dangerous territory dangerous territory and i feel like you know we've talked about essential oils on the show before and i don't mean mm. to always come down on them so hard but when we're at home playing doctor with these yeah. really potent plants i mean yeah. If if these if these plants have the power to heal, they mm-hmm. also have the power to do some things that we don't want them to do. And we Absolutely. just have to be really mindful about the way that we're using things. And it's not as simple as, oh, I hear I feel something coming on. I'm going to take some oregano oil. Like it's your, your way body, you know, too, it's, it's like it's it's you're pushing the body. It's so don't use such a heavy handed um, remedy, right? For for something that doesn't require it. Save that for 
for when you really need it most. And I, and that's really what we're dealing with our within our society, um, whether it's from a herbal perspective or from a pharmaceutical perspective. We blast the body. We hit it hard when we don't need to, and it's disrespectful. It's hard on the body. And then the body is smart, and eventually it's going to be like, well, you've hit me with that before, and then a, a bacteria comes up, and it, and, 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 and nothing's going to work on it. And, and we're going to be entering that territory very soon. We're already seeing it in, um, all over the world, you know, there are these cases that are of great concern and so I always say to people you know use the appropriate remedy at the appropriate dose at the appropriate time and what I love about cranberries um, and when you're dealing with a very concentrated whole uh, whole food cranberry product like ours um, is that the mechanism of action is different we're not, de- we're not I'm not just giving people an antimicrobial something that's gonna um, kill bacteria this is actually it's so cool it's it's rendering that harmful bacteria ineffective it's it's making it impossible um, to to stick to the urinary tract wall which is of course when it creates problems and so we have to start looking at these these plants and these botanicals, and these remedies that work in different ways and not just use this big, you know, um, mallet approach of like, kill the bacteria. You know, bacteria is beautiful. We are more bacteria than we are human cells. And so let's be respectful of the body. Let's really yes. understand it. And let's use remedies that are as complex as the body and use them at the, at the right the right way at the right time. So I agree with you. I love essential oils, but I get very nervous. All these individuals that are selling their own essential oils and they're saying, oh, just take oregano oil. And it's like that oregano oil is so strong. I mean, it can preserve meat, raw meat. I mean, you're dealing with an incredibly strong um, antimicrobial plant. Um, why would you expose your body to that? When and to your point, those critters are smart, man. They They're going to adapt. Smart, they are going just, to adapt. We're making them smarter. Yeah, yeah. You know? As, well, it's the American way, too. Exactly. To like, if some is good, more is better. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let's just do it. Um, yeah, so to your point, this is one of those things that every woman should should have on hand. Um and and if you hear another woman or you know another woman that suffers from UTIs, um, tell them about it um, because uh, you're really helping them. You're really changing their life. All right. Perfect. Now, I'm almost nervous to to approach this last topic because it's such a big one, the liver, right? <laughs> I, I love talking about detoxification. I've talked mm-hmm. about it on the show before. I even just recently did an episode just dedicated to bile. Um, what people don't always understand is how important liver health is for things like energy, hormones. I mean, we talk, so many women are concerned with hormonal balance, but nobody's really thinking about the liver, which is like, you know, mm-hmm. ground zero uh, for hormonal health. So mm-hmm. super important to support our liver. And and this is very, very multifactorial. So we have to reduce our exposure to environmental and food toxins. We have to explore mm-hmm. our own repressed emotions like anger and resentment. I mean, there's so many ways to hack this and there's, we could easily talk about this for hours here, but for today, um, mm-hmm. I'd love for you to give us top three botanicals for liver, liver health in your mind. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know you're coming to this in, from a different angle than I would come to it. Mm-hmm. I'm a nutritionist, you're an herbalist. So, I mean, we could talk about this so many different ways, but I'd love to hear just off the top of your head, your top three and mm-hmm. how best to use them to support liver health. 
Um, absolutely. And that is, it's a massive topic and it's one that every woman, um, you want to put something on your to-do list for 2019, um, put your liver at the top and um, specifically understanding your liver and why it's so important and what it's doing every day and how you can help it. Um, they have this phrase in herb school that I just um, will never forget and it really changed me in so many profound ways and they just said you have to love up your liver and it could not be more true when you spend time loving up your liver um the um uh, all of the lovely things that unfold from just that one um focus is is really quite remarkable um in fact i'll even go so far as to say that many women would be surprised to see that they could solve um almost every health condition that they're um uh actively working on right now um by just focusing on their liver um so bold yes, statement it's a bold, bold statement, statement but i'm gonna and stand I agree. by it <laughs> ladies no, and gentlemen I'm... i would stand by that <laughs> statement <laughs> um so uh yeah the liver wow it's um it is so wise and wonderful and it is busy every single day it's you know it's converting our our food to energy it's cleaning toxins from our blood which you touched on um a lot of people i don't think ever give that any um sort of conscious thought throughout their day it's producing bile which um, aids in digestion a lot of people don't even really understand what bile is and how important it is such an um, unsung hero it is such an unsung hero i mean i almost think people should start like you know loving things like naming a child bile or something. i mean it's just bile That's aggressive. so it's, it is aggressive it's actually not really a nice name for a child but anyway <laughs> it's it's a beautiful thing um and so many things can compromise our our liver function um uh, so yeah, just the foods that we eat, the the drinks that we consume, the stress that we're under, um, medication that we're on. I can tell you from a very personal standpoint in a minute what um, happened with me and medication in my liver. Um, and viruses, you know, viruses are something I'm fascinated by and I have been for a long, long time. And it is extraordinary when you start to address um, uh the body from a, you know, looking at what viruses are lurking in the liver and giving the body more antivirals. And one of the things I love about the um, ingredients that I'm going to talk to you about is that um, that they're, uh, a lot of them are antiviral as well. And that's important, I think, when you're talking about hepatic herbs. And those are herbs that are supporting liver function and liver health. Um, so, I have a lot of things that I love for the liver. I think I've talked on your program before about how everyone should take bitters. I actually think women should make their own bitters, um, have dandelion, um, you know, salads, and go back to um, uh, that time when when humans used to have something bitter before they ate a meal. Um, Bitters are everything. They're so beautiful. Um, I've spent a lot of time talking about bitter, so I'm going to move you along. <laughs> yes, tell so me, the, so, tell so me the three, three products that so you love. So three products, um, hands down, uh, turmeric, schisandra berry, which I don't remember if I've talked about on the show or not. Well, that's interesting. And milk thistle. I'm familiar with schisandra as more of an adaptogen, so mm -hmm. tell me more about its effects on the liver. Well, it's one of the reasons why I use it in my practice all the time. I have taken schisandra for such a long time, and it really, if I had to pick one herb that has changed my health the most, I would say schisandra berry. Um, so schisandra is, it's a hepatic and an adaptogenic herb. So it's... Um, the, the lignans that are in schisandra, they have a 
protective uh, action on the liver. And they do that by um, activating, uh, is the word I'm looking for. They, what they do is they activate the enzymes in liver cells. And those enzymes um, uh, help to produce glutathione, which I know that you know about, but for people who are listening that don't know what it is, they should read about it. It's fascinating, but it's it my is favorite. a very important antioxidant. Um, <laughs> Give me all the glutathione. Oh all my the time. gosh, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, um, so Shisandra is wonderful. This is one of the things I love about herbs is they have a primary action, right? They have something that they're really good at. Just like people, you've you've got a quality that most people know you for, but that doesn't mean that's all you right you have so many other facets and colors and and herbs are the same way and so they, their main action might be that they're adaptogenic or that they're um you know liver um support liver function and they're hepatic um you know or they're a, a cologog and they um that's why they're hepatic they actually are helping the body pr- to produce bile and help with digestion um but then they're also you know a nervine and they help with stress i mean they have all these different components but you want to look at what their main action is and then um, and, and use them in, in the best way. And so these three, um, turmeric, schisandra, and milk thistle are my favorite because they are supporting liver function, um, but then they're also um, helping in so many other ways. And so it's just a win-win-win to have them as part of your daily or weekly. You know, I always tell women, I don't take all my supplements every day. You know, I sometimes will do them two times a week. I'll take weekends off. It's not an everyday kind of thing. It's that you're just getting um, a regular amount. If you're dealing with something chronic, yes, you have to stay on it and you have to, um, you know, take them every day. But when you're when I know. You're some, I'm just... so, so for some of my clients listening, I'm like, close your ears. Yeah, close, close your, your ears. Sorry. Ear la, 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 la. She didn't say that. She didn't say that. <laughs> right, right. When you've been told by um, a practitioner you need to take this you have to take it every day but when for me when I'm talking about liver health um, there was there was a period in my life where I was taking hepatic um, herbs every single day multiple times a day Um, I had uh, I think I mentioned on the show before uh, hormonal issues that are so common with women I was put on um, birth control pills in a very young age to address heavy and painful periods and I was put on 800 milligrams of ibuprofen without anyone ever telling me that it's hard on my liver. And um, I had to do a lot of work to get my liver happy and healthy again. And it didn't, like you said, it didn't just include supplements. It was nutrition. It was exercise. It was dealing with hurt feelings and anger. Um, It was so many, many things. But boy, I could not have done it without um, hepatic herbs. And I used turmeric and schisandra and milk thistle. Um, So... Uh, it's interesting. People always say, "Well, when which one is best for for certain, give me examples certain times?" Um, and can you take you know too much? So um, one of the, one of the ways that turmeric is beautiful is that it is a powerful, powerful anti-inflammatory. Um, it also is healing to epithelial tissue, and a lot of people don't know that about turmeric. Um, so when you're dealing with someone who has digestive issues, I love it because it's helping the liver. Um, but then it's also um, um, helping to heal that really sensitive epithelial tissue and that very thin layer um, uh, of, of um, the gut you know, mucosa. So 
Um, it's also wonderful for the heart. And, you know, inflammation is something that I could talk about. I know you could talk about forever, but it impacts our thoughts um, and our brain health, our cognition, our, our mood, our hormones. Um, and so to address inflammation, it's also where all chronic disease starts. Um, when the inflammatory process is just running way too high and there's inflammation in every area of the body. Um, so turmeric is just one of those wonderful ingredients. And the thing that a lot of people don't know about turmeric is that since, since the spice trade, it has been adulterated. So they've done studies where they've pulled just turmeric off of, you know, drugstore shelves and 60 to 70% of the turmeric products are adulterated. They have um, synthetic dyes in them, cheap starches. Um, so they pass the tests. Um, uh, they look like turmeric, but they are not going to go in and be the, the powerful change champion and healer that turmeric is. So it's very important to find a turmeric that has been tested for adulterants. And I would, I wish that more supplement companies would actively engage in adulterant testing. It's expensive, but it's it's everything to the consumer. Um, and when consumers take something and they feel a difference and they believe in plant medicine and they believe in herbs, and so it benefits the industry when these companies do adulterant testing. And with turmeric, that is very important. Um, so I, I'm very proud to offer a, a C14 tested turmeric and ginger product together. Um, and you can read more about that on our website. Um, so turmeric is wonderful if you're dealing Why with... Why don't your website... We'll link to it in the show notes, but your website yeah. is... Hervitalway.com. Perfect. Um, so Shisandra, I, I love Shisandra for so many reasons, but it's an adaptogen. And people hear about adaptogens, they hear about ashwagandha, and they hear about, you know, like astragalus, ginseng. Um, adaptogens have this beautiful ability to rebalance the body and to um, bring any systems that are overperforming, um, you know, back to balance, um, um, push any systems that are underperforming and get them back to balance. And so it works uniquely in every person's body. And I love that. Um, as a practitioner, that's a very beautiful thing when you know that about a plant. Shisandra has an affinity for women. It goes back thousands of years. It was revered in China. Um, it's a very potent berry, beautiful uh, berry that has an affinity for the liver. And this is how it was it was revered because royalty in China took it because it made their hair and their skin and their nails beautiful. Um, it's known as a beauty from within ingredient. But this is what I always try to get women to understand. Why did those things become beautiful? Because the liver was healthy and it was efficient at detoxifying, right? Uh -huh. um, so love your liver and then love the way you look. I don't know. That's a terrible tagline, but <laughs> there, there's a connection. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you can't just focus on the outside. Um, and Shisandra, for me personally, it helps to balance my hormones. I'm perimenopause now. I just turned 47 at the end of November. And um, I've been going through perimenopause for about five years. And um, I help, I mean, Shisandra, I've had people go on Shisandra to get pregnant, to transition off of birth control pills. It really works well with hormones. Um, but I also love that it's hepatic and that it's helping to activate those those um, enzymes in the liver and produce that yummy glutathione. So I can't say enough good things about Shisandra. Once again, incredibly safe to take. Um, no, long okay. Term, there's a long-term commit with Shisandra, though, because it's gentle. And so you do have to commit to taking it every day. Going back on what I said earlier, <laughs> um, and and you should commit to at least taking it for two to three months before you decide if you think that it has made, um, you know, um, a, a difference, the difference that you're looking for. 
Well, that's, that is really important to note because I think with supplements, we expect them to have, we expect them to be work like pharmaceuticals. We do. Like, oh, I'm going to take something and then tomorrow yeah. I'm going to know whether and or not it's, not it's doing something. Well, and it's then not how plants it's, and herbs work. It's not work. how plants and herbs work. And what, what if, you, if you really think about it um, from an intelligent place, and I mean that in a loving way, not in a, a hoity-toity way, like really engage your intellect and say, wait, I, my body has been in a state of imbalance for this many years, right? And I'm trying to correct that. Is that really going to work with one pill? It, it takes time. It takes time for these herbs to go in and their beauty is in their gentle strength, right? That's what makes them different from pharmaceuticals that focus on one thing and blast a path on the way and destroy all kinds of things along the way so that you hear those lovely, you know, <laughs> um, you know, on the ads, it's like, you know, uh, you know, it, it tells you all the different ways it's going to kill you really fast before the commercial ends. Um, uh, <laughs> with herbs, it's like, it's, it's, it's working on lots of different areas in the body, but it's going after that one action, that one area that it um, that it has an affinity for, what its strength is, how it shines, and you got to give it time. Um, and the the number one mistake that most women make is that they stop taking their supplements because they don't feel a difference. And also to go back even further. Um, they don't understand what the supplement's doing, how it's doing it, and what to look for as signs that it is starting. Okay, so that's all important. And then finally, I mean, we're coming up on Milk the end thistle. of the show. Milk thistle. Now, Milk thistle. The thing yeah. that was interesting, I had we were e- uh, emailing back and forth, and I had um, somebody who I was concerned about their liver health, no names mentioned. No names my husband. Um, and <laughs> I was like, yeah, so what's the deal with milk vessel? Should I have them on it or what? And you yeah. had kind of said reserve it, like stick, keep it in the medicine cab- cabinet and sort yeah. of reserve it for like after he's had a fun weekend or a yeah. vacation or like the holidays, something like that. So tell us, I mean, I think we all know about milk vessel. Yeah. We've all heard about it before. It's yeah. It's kind of a household name now, but talk to us about how we can use it. Sure. So milk thistle is um, oh, milk thistle is such a powerful healer. You know, there are, um, um, in, in in many parts of Europe they have an injection of milk thistle when somebody um, consumes poisonous mushrooms. Um, it in terms of its ability to heal the liver and to protect the liver from damage and actually encourage um, you know new liver um, uh, cell regeneration it's extraordinary it it really is and so I have a deep respect for milk thistle and that's why I said to you you know it's not something I, I you know that you should take every day make lifestyle choices to help your liver um, and and be taking bitters and um, hepatic herbs like um, like an adaptogen like schisandra and like turmeric and milk thistle you know several times a week or um, concentrated around a period of time when you've really burdened your liver Um, and really that's it's on an individual basis you have to be honest with yourself and you have to say look do I have alcohol every single night does my liver ever get a break from having to filter alcohol Um, uh, if so then yeah maybe you are somebody that should have milk thistle every day but then maybe you should also look at not having alcohol every day I mean I really like to talk about lifestyle choices because um, that's just that's just the most effective way to approach the body and to really approach wellness but milk thistle um, 
it's not just hepatic. It is a powerful antioxidant. And um, it helps to decrease inflammation and, and soothe the mucous membranes. And so it has some similar actions to turmeric, which is why I, I mix them both up and I just like to get different um, hepatic actions and inflammatory um, actions um, you know, from different sources on a regular basis. I like to mix it up. But where muck thistle is amazing is um, in, in, in two different ways. One, think of like Thanksgiving and the holidays and people just eat too much too. Um, liver is wonderful for um, – the liver helps to, to break down and digest fat, and boy, milk thistle really helps the liver to do that. Um, so it's great to have before a big meal. Um, any hepatic herbs are better before you eat. You can still take them afterwards, but the time that they're most effective is before you eat because they're signaling the body to produce more bile. Um, so I would tell people, you know, take a milk thistle a half hour before that big holiday meal um, and take another one before you go to bed, right? And the difference that you feel in the morning that your liver has had some help filtering out and detoxifying um, is really kind of extraordinary. Um, so it's wonderful to have on hand for those instances. And then if you are dealing with someone who you love but you also think that they – it's not that they drink, you know, excessive amounts of alcohol. It's just that it's that it's constant, um, and you want their body to have some help in that area. Then milk thistle is a beautiful thing, and in that case, they can take it every day. I didn't mean to um, give the impression that you can't. It's just that um, I like to. I really like to incorporate lifestyle changes with it. Um, I'm so upset with you right now, telling people not to drink. <laughs> it's like really pissing me off right before the holidays. Well, see, and here's my thing. I am constantly inviting um, – uh, uh, I shouldn't say this sounds like I'm a socialite. I'm not. I'm constantly inviting the same two friends over. <laughs> and we will um, – instead of sitting down for a glass of wine, which is something we used to do and get in the habit of doing, I will make these beautiful non-alcohol herbal drinks. And – I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it is just, if not more so, satisfying because it's beautiful, it's calming, it tastes good. You feel the effect of the herbs, but your um, your body's not becoming acidic and you're not burdening your liver. And so mix it up with your drinks. You know, I think we have this culture, especially in the United States, because we don't do our, like, our elderberry spritzers and stuff like they do and um, and, and other parts of the world. We, all of our fancy drinks have alcohol. What's wrong with making a, a fancy drink um, that has bitters in it? I mean, put some bitters, um, you know, in a little bit of sparkling water with a splash of, um, you know, your favorite, if you want to use like a cranberry juice or I love elderberry or you want to put some lime, um, add some ginger, some crushed blackberries, some chopped up mint. Oh my goodness, it is heaven. Um, well, like you said, we carry our day into our evening. We carry our day. We lean yeah. on certain things we like, do. I don't know, pot and, they and become booze a crutch. Yeah. to and, and, uh, increase right. those dopamine. Right. <laughs> that and dopamine. it's just like, you know, everything in moderation, as my grandma used to say. Um, although I think she was talking about C's candy. But anyway, it's <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> be kind to the body. Be kind to the body and give it a break so it can do its job effectively. All right, Amy, I think we did it. We did it in an hour. 
Oh my goodness. There's so much more to say. I know. I know. I feel like I had (laughs) to cut you off 70 different times. I know. All right. So um, Amy, before we close out, can you tell everybody where they, we talked about a lot of really awesome supplements and I have to just shout you guys out because I use your supplements often. Um, And I will say, so I was talking about my husband earlier. Sometimes he sees the bottles and he's like, I can't take that. Those are for women. I'm like, chill out. You can take them, right? So men can take them too. Men can just take it and just see it as it's a woman saying, you should take it. <laughs> um, my husband takes them. We have so many men who buy from us. And, um, you know, a lot of people are like, why well, just focus on women? But I, I don't even need to go there. Yeah. Anyway, um, hervitalway.com, Amazon, just search for Her Vital Way, um, or search really for Really affordable. Really affordable products. Um, if, if, if money is ever an issue for you, please email me, amy at hervitalway.com. Um, uh, wealth should not dictate health and I always want to be um, uh, a place where women can go when they need help and um, and if you sign up for our newsletter you get a discount on your orders and um, the beautiful thing is you know that we are passionate about adulterant testing and purity and that we're non-GMO and we're vegetarian and um, you know we put a lot of love into our products we've been in the industry a long time and you're getting very high quality herbs and supplements at an affordable price and it's all to help you have an energized life and you're getting them from somebody who clearly knows what she's talking about which yeah and i use them all myself which a lot of supplement companies cannot say <laughs> um and my chief scientist uses them herself and these these are the uh, this is the offering that we think has the greatest impact um, on a woman's life. And so um, from a supplemental standpoint. So, and always email me with questions. I love them. Your listeners always send me the best questions and I'm kind of in awe of your community. Amy at hervitalway.com. Okay, Amy, thank you so much as always. It was a pleasure to talk to you and I learned a ton and I know our audience will too. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Erin. And thank you everyone for listening. It's, It's an honor. Have a beautiful day. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. Take care of you 